Hi, everybody. It's Jamin with Keen Point of View, the best intersection for gay issues, politics, and Christianity ever. I just wanted to give a little intro to this podcast. I hope to be doing these more regularly. I keep saying that every time, I know, but I do pray that this picks up in some regularity soon. However, I just wanted to say that this is a podcast that I recorded with Trillificent, uh, Curtis, and it was about two years ago that we did this, and I feel terrible for not getting it out before he died. Um, I felt terrible for not getting it out anyway, but I kept promising him that it was coming and kept saying it was coming. And then life happened a lot for me with, um, you know, job stuff, condo across the country, having a bunch of issues, um, tenant, you know, not happy about it. So... Um, other things kept happening too. And then by the time life calmed down enough for me to actually do something concerning the podcast, uh, my dad died and it was unexpectedly that he died. So I, um, Curtis said it was fine that I delayed getting it out, but life just kept happening. So like the last two and a half, three years or so, about three years, have been a lot of ups and downs, and I hope to be able to podcast and share some of what I've learned, the ups and downs, the good, the bad, the highs, the lows, the growth, the bumps, the bumps in the road, the not so gross, um, not gross and bumps, but bumps in the road and gross, you know, moments of growth. But um, if you didn't know Curtis, hope you get to know him through this podcast a little bit outside of gay side stories and ratchet ramblings. And if you did know him, I hope this helps you hear his voice one more time. Um, and that it's good. Thank you for joining. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Rest in peace, Curtis. Miss you. Love you. Hi, everybody. It's Jamie with Key Point of View, the best intersection for gay issues, politics, and Christianity ever. Back with another podcast episode. Welcome to everyone. I'm joined this week by my friend Trillificent from Gay Side Stories, his podcast. He's on Twitter as at T-R-I-L-L-I-F-I-C-E-N-T, Trillificent. Curtis and I met on Twitter during my ratchet days. I like how you said that as if they're over, but okay, sure. I'm going to finish this sentence. I have since become a deacon in the church and am now saved while Curtis is, well, his screen name tells you all about him. Hi, Curtis. Wow. I didn't realize that I was invited here to entertain lies. Hello, everyone that listens to the Keen Point of View. I'm so happy to be here. I am not going to entertain your host with his shenanigans. <laughs> it is a wonderful day, and I am glad to be here. Funny me, Curtis. So, um... How are you? What's going on with you? Uh, I am pretty good, you know. Uh, I'm taking a break from my show currently. Uh, I've been going pretty hard for about a year and a half, so I'm taking a few weeks off. Although it is difficult to turn your mind off when you're a quote-unquote un, un, a quote-unquote creative. So I'm still jotting down ideas with that. And then I do another show, and we're hitting our one year anniversary on that. Now that, that is some retry. So what, tell me about those podcasts. Like tell me about Gay Side Stories. Tell the people about your other one. So Gay Side Stories is my baby. It is a podcast. It's an LGBT podcast 
where I try to facilitate conversations that I don't hear very often within the community. So every week or mostly every week, I have a different guest and we just tackle all kinds of different topics. Sometimes the topics are heavy. Sometimes the topics are a little bit lighter. If BuzzFeed gives me something to work with, we may do one of their silly quizzes. But mm-hmm. we talk about everything on there from trans issues to pansexuality, rejection, all kinds of gay issues, sex, of course. And I try to have a good good time with it. My other show is called Ratchet Ramblings mm-hmm. that I do with my friends Jeremy and Candice. And it is basically a steaming mess <laughs> where we review the week's reality tv shows we focus on the black ones so currently we're talking about black king crew chicago and real housewives of potomac things of that nature okay so more pop culture related and gay side stories is more um just uh well yeah i guess so i mean we we pretty much solely focus on those shows but oh, okay okay I get what you're saying. I'm, you know, if you consider that part of pop culture, which I think it is, but it's it not is. a every now and then we throw some other things in there. Um, but we're kind of separating that and keeping it more focused on just those shows. Mm-hmm. And then my show, it's the same thing. Every now and then I'll bring some pop culture. I try to highlight maybe LGBT news articles that people may not have heard about. But I don't do a lot of week to week pop culture. Like it's very seldom that you're gonna turn my show on and you'll hear me talking about Nicki Minaj or something like that. Which, oh, good luck everybody. But anyway, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> that's all I have. That, good luck, Nicki. Right that's all I have. It's just mm. a, a, a swell. Good luck. Good luck to Anika Mirage. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for that. Do you have um, any unique life experience or interesting story or funny story that you are comfortable with sharing? I don't think I have anything really unique. I have, I mean, I'm going to talk about some stories, stories, but um, I don't think I have anything that's just blaringly unique. Uh, So what's a funny story? What's a good story? Oh, a funny story. Um, let's see. Let me see. What kind of throwback funny stories do I have? Um, have you ever worked retail? Oh God, no. Oh, okay. Well, lucky you. <laughs> I've tried. They never hired me because I always went to the interview in a suit, like to apply to fill out the application. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. I am here to check your groceries. Right. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I don't think so, sir. You're overqualified. Get out of <laughs> right. here. Right. And I had a resume and everything. And yeah, like, yeah. That's that's excessive. <laughs> well, Ooh. when I was a teenager, and mind you, I used to be a whole lot worse when I was a teenager. Oh, my Lord. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. I know. Can you imagine? Can you believe? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And I'll never forget this story. So I, I used to be a cashier at a grocery store when I was a teenager. Hot-headed, was there for the check, but didn't really know what I was doing in my life. And a black woman comes through my line. 
and I'm the only checker with someone in line. So every all eyes are on me. So everything's going fine. And I'm checking the woman's groceries and I accidentally scanned something that she wanted separately. So now she's throwing a hissy fit and I don't do well with people who throw hissy fits, mm-hmm. especially if I made a mistake and I apologized for it. Right. But she made it a big deal. And this was an old school grocery store where it prints the receipt as you scan. So she threw a whole tizzy, a whole hissy fit about that. She didn't want this item showing up on the receipt. Wait, wait, wait. they used to do that. I, I, can you believe? <laughs> I don't it, remember. Yeah, there was. It depends on the store, but the store that I was at, uh-huh. it had the kind of printer where it would print the receipt as you scan. Okay, well, that's not the most important part of the story. Go ahead. I'm not sorry. at all. But you <laughs> double back. Focus. Right. Sorry. Focus on the wrong thing. Go ahead. So I had to X out the whole thing and start from scratch. So now I'm irritated because I'm like, you need to be out of my face. You you have been here too long. But, you know, I'm at work. So, okay, sure, sure, sure. And everything was going fine until she made a backhanded remark. And I don't think I knew that I had that kind of temper until this happened. She said something to the effect of, oh, you must be new here. And I'm like, I've been working here seven months. You must be new here. Just sassy for no damn reason. Just. (laughs) (laughs) And so long story short, this, of course, escalated into a screaming match. Oh, Lord. Um, What happened was she she cursed at me. And I I went from zero to eight. I don't want to say I went to 10 because it, it, it could have been worse. But yeah, I, I was at a solid eight because I'm young, I'm dumb. The visual in my head right now is. Yeah, I'm sitting there with my black slacks on or my black khakis on and my white shirt and my little rinky dink name tag. And here this older black woman is trying to give me the business and she don't understand. I. I studied the business. I am the business. Okay. <laughs> the business goes through all roads of the business goes through me. I had time. And so we're screaming at each other. Cause I'm sitting there and I'm like, did you just curse at me? And she's like, no, I didn't curse. Yeah, you did curse. And I was like, expletives. Just <laughs> let your imagination soar. <laughs> Let your imagination just wonder on what was being said, what transpired between me and this woman. And she's like, where's the manager? And I'm like, yeah, where is the MF and manager? Like I am, I am there. (laughs) I am there. And so the manager is this young guy, 19 white guy. He shuffles up. I was like, what's the problem, ma'am? And she's like, this MF. And I'm like, who you calling? A-? <laughs> you know, I feel like Queen Latifah. Who you calling a bitch? <laughs> oh, man. So long story again to wrap the story up. He was like kicking me and elbowing me to get me to be quiet because she was mouthing off. And I at the time was one of those people that does not let someone else get the last word. Mm. I'm like, you started this, so I'm going to finish it. Right. And so finally he was like, go in the bag. And so I had to go in the bag and he finished with the customer. And uh, I don't remember what the parting words were. I'm sure it was something disrespectful. And yeah, that was probably one of the 
strangest things to ever happen to me. Well, I don't know if strange is the right word. I'm sure people listening to this, like you were a teenager cussing out a grown woman. I sure was. You disrespectful little. You better tell your granny not to come in my checkout line. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I have to say on that. Oh my God. So my, um, I was always raised to respect my elders and that's not shade to you. I'm just saying. Yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I really wasn't trying to shade We'll you, circle back to that later. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so uh, I have some relatives. My family is very, um, very outspoken. And um, I am my mother's son, and it filters down to me. Now, my father's outspoken, too, but he's, like, more subtle with his. But my mom is very in your face just says what's on her mind as I do a lot of times, but I've learned to think first now. She doesn't seem to think a lot. Um, oh, she's going to hate me for saying that, but sorry, mom. You you think sometimes now, but like you used to just whoop. So um, I, her, her sisters in particular um, have a habit of always saying what's on their mind. Like no matter what it is, uh, my mom too, like, um, you know, family members, if they were a teen pregnant, like the first thing they would say to them would be something inappropriate and not supportive. So, um, you know, like the, you're 17, you're pregnant, you're probably scared to death. You don't know what's going on, but like they don't, they need to hear like, okay, what do you need? I got you. Not, why would you do that? You stupid, blah, blah, blah. So um, I know in the family <laughs> that my first cousins have all respected my aunts and my mom included because it's their aunt. But like one time, like somebody really came close to saying like, they're like, I got to go because I'm about to say something ignorant. They're like, well, if you got something to say, say say it to me. We'll be done forever. You don't talk to your aunt that way. And I'm looking like you don't need to talk to your nieces and nephews that way. Like they're adults now. Like, and yeah, sure, respect you and all, but like also watch what you say because somebody might flip not you know i'm just saying so a lot of older people think that they can talk to younger people just any kind of way and i correct on the one hand yeah respect your elders but on the other hand elders don't lose it on young people just because they're young you expecting that they're going to respect you and just abusing that so you know chill respect your elders the 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 other side of that is not disrespect anyone you want because you're an right. elder. Right. Because I had an aunt do that one time. I hung up in her face and she got <laughs> she got mad called back. I am your aunt. You don't do that. I was like, girl, get off this phone. I'm not a family person, if you guys couldn't tell. I don't yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm a family person, but yeah, Curtis, you you not. So. Well, it's just that I don't family is not an excuse for poor behavior. It is not. That is correct. And my family up until this point has operated under, especially people older than me, even my own parents are like, we do what we want. We say what we want. You're the child. And I'm like, well, that's fine. We don't need to have a, I'm extreme with it though, because parent or not, if you're bringing negativity into my life, you got to (laughs) go. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same way with, um, uh, I think black people just in general do that, especially older black yeah. people. Yeah. Just 
like I can say whatever I want. I'm old now, and you have to sit there and take it. Like, mm, no. Well, I mean, even when they're not old, they're just older than you. Oh, so older than you. Yeah. Family's on my mind a lot this week because my family reunions this week. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like I'm, my reunion. I, I keep telling myself that I need to be a better family member, but so much work. I don't. I don't know. Oh, my lord. <laughs> They're draining. Anyway, my family's <laughs> we're not here fun. to talk about my overall. Family. My family is fun. I'm not gonna get in my dad's side because my cousin tried to make drama in front of my parents and like tried to out me after her grandmother's funeral. She tried to out me um, at the funeral, and um, she was like talking loudly at the car where my parents were because I was going to walk to my car, and she's like, "Oh, let me stop you and ask you something." Um, so. Uh, she has somebody come to the funeral who she like, quote unquote, fake adopted. And um, so he was like, oh, I know who he is. And she said, he knows who you are. I said, OK. And she said, um, do you know him? I said, I don't know anyone by that name. And she described him. I said, I don't know anyone that looks like that. And she said, well, when you walked into the funeral, he said, oh, I know who he is. Like he said it like, oh, I know who he is. So. I said, okay, what's what what are you asking? And she said, see, the thing is that he liked boys. And I said, okay. And all while my parent the windows down, she's just talking, like, and I said, okay, and and she said, but he said he know who you are. I wanted to say so bad. If you're trying to insinuate I had sex with somebody, I wanted to ask so bad, like, is he black? For me to be like, more than likely, I have not had sex with him. I'm just saying. But anyway, when I finally later well, saw his yeah, picture, well, no, like, I'm know. like, I don't, I don't know that nigga. I really don't. And I don't know where he saw me, where he thought he saw me, what was going on. And I'm just like, well, um, I mean, we know you don't like black boys. It's fine. Oh, shut the fuck. Uh, <laughs> shut up. I, I, for the disclaimer for anyone listening, I do not only date white guys. It's, um, y'all heard what the man said. You <laughs> heard what he just said in the story. <laughs> I said okay. more than likely. I didn't not. pull that out of I, my. I I have had the record um, show. I have dated and um, been with black guys, um, and white guys, and Asian and Indian, everything but Native American actually, Latinos. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't discriminate when I date, and I only mostly get approached by guys who aren't black. Actually, I will talk to a black guy, and then he'll be like, "Oh, I'm only in the white guys," or. Um, like some black guys will hit on me and I'm just like, I'm not, you know, it's not a connection. Um, and others I've hit on them and they just like, I don't know. My friend who is black told me he knows why black guys don't hit on me. And um, he didn't want to hurt my feelings with it. And I was like, why would that hurt my feelings with what you're suggesting? He was like, I think I know why they don't hit on you. And I'm like, uh, okay. Ooh, that would be a good, that would be a good thing to conversation. Know. Like, well, yeah. that too, I guess. <laughs> but um, my aunt told me, she was like, how many black guys have you dated? I said, actually dated? I said three. They didn't work out. I said, I tried three. She said, try six. All righty then. Well, you heard her. Try six. I, I will get I will get right on that in LA and the city where only black black people only really live like No one is interested wood. in your excuses. <laughs> okay. Make it happen. No one is Involved interested in your <laughs> Excuses or your racism. The opening segment for this week is 
five gay opinions on gay trends. We as gay men will review gay trends and give five gay opinions on whether we are in favor of them or not. So the first gay trend, apps, grinder, jacked, scruff, chappy. Chappy? That's a new one. Um, VGL. What other ones is there? It's one that's called like squirt, where it's just like they just going to be out with it. Like we just here to screw. So um, squirt. Squirt. I don't like these names. I don't like them either. <laughs> like when I saw it advertised, I was like, squirt. I don't have a problem with For the real. premise of the app, but the name, squirt. Ugh. Yeah. I'm going to develop one that's called Come Shot. Yeah, you're not good at this either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what are the choices? So, uh, what are your opinions on what's your opinion on apps? Like, uh, my opinion on apps, they serve a purpose. And I think a lot of us, myself included, sometimes we get wrapped up in wanting our purpose to be the sole purpose of the app. And you have to learn how to meet people where they are. And you have to be flexible and you have to be honest with yourself and whether or not a particular app is for you if it's not yielding the results that you want. That's my opinion. But I don't think there's a problem with them. I just people, people going people. (laughs) I don't think there's a problem with them. I think it's I think it's more um like you said, being honest about your, yourself and why you're there. Um, one thing I learned in therapy was I was looking for actual dating relationships, but I was on things like Grinder and Jack. Mm-hmm. Scruff can be a little bit better for dating, but um, it's generally the same end result in most cases as the others. So not to say that you can't date and find a relationship on the others. It's just like it's a very small percentage of people that actually do. And Well, I think also it's the way the the apps are tooled because if they don't have a lot of uh what's the word if they don't have a lot of avenues to put in things that may spark an interest as far as dating well then yes. people are not really going to use them as a dating app right and it's not so you can't come to it and be like well i'm looking for a date it's just that grinder doesn't really it, it's a lot not as far it's, as fostering dating, right? Jack, it it, it doesn't. But and, and so if you're looking for a date, I can see that distinction. Although at the same time, it's like, look, just because I'm here, don't mean I want. No, and exactly, and it could TV. just be I'm on for entertainment, or I'm just there. But my Correct. my thing is like I learned in therapy, like you're looking for something real in a place that doesn't really cater to something more than anything that would be temporary. So. Um, and possible, but on the possible, but on the other end of that, my therapist told me, he said, and if you're there, it's not a problem. Just be honest about what you're likely going to get out of it and be okay with it and be okay with why you're actually there. Yeah. So, um, cause he said you could be on Tinder, which has a better, you know, for gay guys has a better result of actually getting to know somebody cause you can't share pictures. You actually just have to talk and read profiles and okay. actually agree to meet later. You can hook up. I mean, some guys have hit matched me and been like, are you looking to screw? And I'm like, no. I mean, he's like unblocked, unmatched. But other, like, I've actually had actual dates and getting to know people for real off of Tinder versus 
uh, grinder or scruff. But when I was on Manhunt, yo, like I did Manhunt wrong. I had like one hookup off Manhunt and it's a site for hookups, but I made like seven friends off of Manhunt and have never seen them naked. <laughs> so I did Manhunt wrong. But um, sites like gay.com when I was on it years ago, I actually had, I dated someone for six weeks off of gay.com. Dated someone else for a while too. But it was more gay.com. Yeah, I know, date myself like way back in chat rooms. You are ancient. Yeah. (laughs) I'm talking to an elder. (laughs) Ah! Respect me. (laughs) Respect my struggle. Um, But uh my thing on apps is like you said just be honest about what you're getting into and be okay with my thing is to add to that is like be okay with what comes out of it and what you are putting into it and where you're looking for what you're looking for so don't try to make more of it than what it is and that my other problem with app i actually have a problem with apps is that don't go on there if you have low self-esteem if you have any esteem problem that day because more than likely you're not going to get the attention that you want because people will block you or not respond or look at your profile and not respond, read your message, well, all that. That just it's a great way to kill your self-esteem if you're not careful. Uh yeah, I mean I can agree to a, a point. I, I think it again, as we stated previously, it starts with being honest with yourself. And there are a lot of avenues of honesty that you have to have when trying to interact with other people. But it is true. If you, how do I, how to put it? I wouldn't say if you have self-esteem issues, cause we all, I think have self-esteem issues to some degree. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a, if you are looking for validation, then right. it will eat you alive. Correct. Yeah. If you're yeah. looking to get on there and be validated by securing a certain type of man, right? Then, uh, yeah, that's that's not a good look. What's the next thing on the list? Drag queens here for them, except for the racist ones. I'm here for drag queens. I'm here for drag queens. Um, I'll say that perform, but I am getting a little tired of people's birthday parties and, you know, parties at the club or whatever, having drag night all the time. I mean, that well, I guess that's a L.A. thing. Maybe. It's just like I, I went to a birthday party and it was drag right at like the week after RuPaul's Drag Race ended. And I'm just like, <sighs> Well, you know, I I get that, but on the flip side, shout out to the drag queens for for working. Yeah, but they weren't working at this party. It was just guys who just wanted to be in drag, and I'm just like, okay, do you? But let them express themselves. I mean, I fine. It's just I don't know. It I it's I don't know. I was just wondering, like, is it overdone? Maybe out here. Check your privilege. Check your privilege. Who are you to get tired of someone else's self-expression? Check it. I bet she's over it. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, the next gay trend. The obsession with muscles. Is that a trend? I don't know if it's a trend or more of like just. I thought truth. that was just human nature. <laughs> I mean, but like, I guess the the. I guess determining someone's self-worth, 
I guess determining someone's self-worth um, based on their physique, which is an age-old problem for humanity, sure. But, yeah, that's what I'm like. This sounds more like... But for gay guys, like, it... Yeah. I, I've seen guys who are attractive and, like, thin or, like, av- you know, average build, not fat or any- really big and or anything like that, just slamming, you know, yeah. regular... Well, let and me... Let me- they were told, like, by somebody they were hitting on, it's like, well, hit me up when you've gained about 10 pounds of muscle. Like, I don't know if that's the same thing. Maybe my first inclination is to think someone who says that is just an asshole. Um, and I don't know if it's an actual obsession with muscle versus an aesthetic. I think it's more of an aesthetic that people apply to think that that's what is required yeah. to have a quality person. And I, while muscle is fun to play with, don't get me wrong. Um, uh, it, I, <laughs> I've enjoyed it, but I'm sure it, you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't wait till I'm a guest on your show. Um, but when other people, who prefer like only to date muscle guys and complain about being single while there's someone of average build in front of them who they're actually way more compatible with, but they don't see them because they're obsessed with muscle. And like the guy has to be muscular. The guy has to be a certain way. And for anyone who you're in, and I know that men are visual and I get all that, but my point is if you're complaining about being single and there's been someone in front of you the entire time, who you're way more compatible with and maybe done some stuff with even like don't just limit yourself to just one type of person but this is a whole body shaming thing that gays do and that's a whole topic for another show really but truly i would say maybe on a broader scale it's a obsession with obsession i think And I think there is an obsession with finding something to judge a person's worth versus actually getting to know them. Because I've I've heard stories and I've seen things and of honestly, and we're just talking about gays right now. So I'm being specific, but gays will judge you on anything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) fashion, body, job income what kind of car you drive how you speak how many followers you have i think it's just an obsession with how can i categorize you and i feel like in in the past it was more concentrated on body but now i think it's it's open with social media and everyone using it to do different things and some people finding great success and now it's a it's a, a race on how can I categorize you? And I think that is where the real obsession is. I don't think it's specifically with body. Although I think when you throw the media, gay media into the mix, then yes, the scale does tip back to the physical appearance. Because how often do we see stories or not stories or write-ups of someone saying can we please take the focus off of white apps we're tired of seeing white oh my gosh yes yes there's a but that's usually when the media is involved i think when it's just people it really is spread out into 
a myriad of different things. It's like all those things we just listed. And I, th- I don't know what it is about a lot of gay men. I don't want to say all. And it may be a maturity thing. It may just be a life experience type thing because i don't think a lot of older gays do that i think they kind of grow out of it either that or they settle into their circles but younger gays have that that issue where it's like i have to put you in some kind of category in order to judge your whether or not you're worthy of my time and it's just like i mean or we could just be people and we could just talk or not it's it's extreme but uh, yeah, I would. I wouldn't. That's my, I guess, opinion. I wouldn't say where gay men are really obsessed with muscle per se. It's just an obsession with being able to categorize others on sight quickly. Because in order to do that thoroughly, you have to talk to someone. You have to get to know them. You probably have to be around them a few times. Versus, hi, how are you? What do you do? And then immediately, I can judge you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I know it's in DC, especially DC. They first, second question I asked, or even the first, like, what do you do for a living? Like LA, they asked the same thing out here, but um, DC is just they were like, what do you do? And if you didn't mention anything, like, depending on the circle you were talk, the person who ran in the circles, wherever they run, if you didn't do something political in the White House or something, they would stop talking to you. Or if you weren't an attorney, they would like. It would be like, oh, you can't do anything for me. Whereas in LA, it's like, oh, I work, I'm an agent, or I work at this agency, or I work at a production right. company. It's like, oh, you can help me out here. But otherwise, you tell them like, right. oh, well, I just the other side. It's like I'm an actor. Oh, you're an actor. Yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying. Bottom shaming. The next that, one. That is bottom. That is a. That is a problem that deserves to be fought (laughs) with gusto i absolutely think that the gay community still to this day has a problem with bottom shaming and i think that in some instances it's so insidious that a lot of people don't even realize that they're doing it i feel i've said things like somebody's acting like a messy bottom or a dramatic bottom and um, I just feel that the gay community does have a problem with bottom shaming because I'm like, well, tops, who who are you gonna have sex with? Yeah, 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 yeah. And granted, I, I would say, like, you know, stereotypically, bottoms get more flack for being dramatic and causing drama in lives and like going off and like making life hard for a top or whatever and then therefore the top gets stereotypically known as the emotionless one um but the i think both sides are actually just equally as emotional and um i guess i can challenge myself to stop calling people messy bottoms but um yeah you should probably do that um I'm going to pray on it and see what I get. But I feel like um, you could come up with better insults. You sound a little basic. Get it together, friend. A messy verse. So you wish. <laughs> um, but no, like, I think we should um, stop. But I guess I just want both sides to tops, bottoms, versatiles, and all in between. Like, I just, I just yeah. want people to stop being dramatic, period. 
everyone needs to do better of course yeah. of course because last night like i was hanging out with a friend who was a top and he was like 30 minutes getting to the door to answer it um so we could go out to dinner and it was because this his friend who was the bottom who he had slept with like once had all this stuff to say like and he was like oh, it was just this long drawn out conversation this guy won't leave me alone and blah 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 and i'm just like okay this is what i'm talking about but on the flip side i've seen it where tops will get possessive and be just as dramatic as a bottom who just can't let go well i would i would challenge that a little bit because i don't know if that's i think what you're presenting is more so bottom shaming than what or should i say the way you're presenting it versus what you're actually presenting I'm more inclined to feel like that is a a challenge for people to learn how to manage their emotions better. And that doesn't have anything to do with your sexual position. As far as actual bottom shaming, you know, make, making bottoms the brunt of the joke all the time. And uh, I mean, even other bottoms shaming other bottoms for sleeping with certain tops or whatever the case may be. I think that there is an issue there that I would say has gotten better, but it's still there. And again, I think a lot of people don't even realize they're doing it a little too jokey things that you say, um, assumptions that you make when someone says that they're a bottom about their character, things of that nature. It's like, I'm let them be a person first, just because they're a bottom doesn't mean, that they're automatically messy and it doesn't mean that whatever the case may be that you have the right i'm not saying you specifically but someone has the right to hurl messy at them because something's going on that they don't like or they say something that they don't like because everybody's messy bottom top verse straight pan by everybody is messy especially straight men but that's a whole different conversation um, so yeah, I think there's work to do there on on shaming, even things that make no sense, like uh, promiscuity. So it's like, are we still doing that? Are y'all still doing that whole? What's that weird saying? A master key can unlock a lot of locks, but a lock that's unlocked by a lot of keys. It's like, uh, are we still doing uh, that? It's that's- the same, I guess. Is um calling a woman a whore for sleeping with 50 men but correct and i mean to be honest a lot of the i think origins of that shaming come from shaming women uh because the bottom is in a receptive position so therefore like you equate it to being a woman in a straight relationship so everyone do better put everyone in rice (laughs) (laughs) what's the last one Uh, the last one, um, trying to convert straight men. Ugh, why would you do that? I don't understand it. Like that I, sounds unnecessarily. There are so many gays out here. There are so 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 many. Why would you want to convert somebody? Like, what kind of cosmic kudos do you think you're going to get? I I, I, I don't know. Because my my thing is, if you try to convert a straight guy, he's not straight. Like, yes, if he's going to do agree. it, he's not straight. So you're really not converting a straight guy. Yeah. You're just you got a bi guy or a closet of gay guy. Like you're you're not he's not straight. So you know, you just got lucky and he was curious enough, but right. technically like, he exactly was not, not straight to begin right. with. Like you're I not know straight truly guys truly taking a man who right. loves vagina 
and right. rework and it, it right and reworking and like even convincing him oh works. i can give you a blowjob better than your girlfriend like a straight guy is not going to take you up on that offer they'd be like okay right. that might be true but i'm not interested correct it's like yeah that's all fine and dandy but i prefer my blowjobs from women so right leave me alone and can i just and, say um a little off topic but a little on topic gays y'all really need to do better about being disrespectful towards straight men just because you find them attractive because mm. i see that a lot especially on instagram y'all get wild and on twitter too y'all get wild in these men's dms and comments and i saw this one where this guy went on this whole he had a whole thread because he made some weird sexual comment the guy said some he posted a picture and the guy like quote retweeted them was like yeah come in me first something along those lines and the guy was like what and the disrespectful hell <laughs> and so yeah, the, the gay guy went on this whole tangent that's why nobody want to hang around straight guys y'all no. blah, blah, blah. and it's like or you could just be disrespectful if the man is straight and you know he's straight coming at him in a sexual way is just disrespectful plain and simple but i don't know why you would play yourself in the first place just because you see a, a straight man is attractive you want to retweet his pictures and be like come all over me or this pussy is just for you that's extreme like leave these men alone <laughs> okay so if i see a hot instagram picture on a guy and i'll say something he's like oh by the way i'm straight it's like okay i back up i'm like all right yeah, it sh and it can be, it should be as simple as that. But then it's another thing where it's like, okay, y'all have been following these men for a while. You know they're straight and you're hopping in their DMs saying all kinds of disrespectful. Even if you thought they were gay, sometimes the stuff is disrespectful. Like you, yeah, I mean, Instagram, it really is you're like all that you, you can't. Um... It's, it's extreme. And then you get upset when they respond when they screenshot your stuff and put it on their on their Instagram feed, it's like, but you are being a fool. <laughs> You're being a mess. You see yeah, a even, of, a, yeah. of a muscular guy and he's flexing because that's what they do. And it's all like, yeah, put my head in between your bicep and make me come, dad. It's a, why would you do that? <laughs> why? Why would you say that okay, to someone? That's a lot. That's extreme. Those messages are extreme, oh and sometimes I look at it kind of funny because I'm like the straight guys. I'm like, it's this is a bit much this is a lot, yeah, for you to be screenshotting it and posting. But I get it. It's like I posted on my page time and time again that I'm straight, and y'all are still, and even worse, you know. I see they like you know a man is straight. Why would you send him a photo of your ass? Why would you do that? Oh Why would you? Do, that's so disrespectful to me. Why oh would you God. do that? I flirt with straight guys on Twitter, but I actually know them and it's occasional. And when I first met them on Twitter, like I didn't know if they were or not. And one guy, um, he keeps periodically throughout, like as we keep talking to each other on social media, like on pu in public and stuff, he'll say like on a, one of his um, posts and he'll be like, um, he'll, I'll say something smart. He was like, wow, I never thought my gay crush would do this to me and i'm just like stupid stuff like that yeah harmful flirting is one thing but harmless yeah harmless sorry <laughs> <laughs> harmless flirting is one thing but blatant disrespect like i think you're attractive i'm gonna send you a picture of my penis why yeah, no, no don't yeah no mm -mm. don't do that just mm -hmm. like you have all the women followers who complain about that why would you turn around and then do that to a man just right. because he's a man so I was at a party and this one gay guy thought the straight guy there was cute and he slapped his ass and then there almost a fight broke out almost and I was just like and he was like what he's cute like it's a gay party and it's like he's not gay he's here with his wife what are you doing why do you even think this is okay he, even if he was gay even if he was gay 
that's, what are you doing? That's still sexual assault. <laughs> and we again, you can put the uh, put a pin in that for a later conversation and a later podcast topic about gays acting like they don't know what sexual assault is because they like to do it. Jesus, yes. Anyway. All right, let's get to it. The political topic for this week is Donald Trump's lies about Russia at the Helsinki summit and what we should do about it now as Americans. So Donald Trump went to Helsinki, Finland, and met with um, Vladimir Putin for uh, two hours. And Putin is the president or is he prime minister? Oh, he's back being president of Russia. Anyway, he's he's the dictator of Russia, effectively. And he uh, and Donald Trump met for two hours. No staff was allowed in except a Russian um, interpreter. And um, Congress was trying to get her subpoena to talk, see what they talked about. But Republicans blocked it because they value power over anything decent for America now. And they are definitely uh, trying to stay in power by making a deal like it's a Faustian bargain. Um, it's a deal with the devil um, to try to use Donald Trump to get their agenda passed for whatever they want. This does not historically ever really work because uh, the person who they're trying to use, um, well, is in it for himself and his money and his businesses. And that's what he's trying to get after. And he really doesn't care about anyone but himself. Um, He barely cares about his children. He only really likes Ivanka. And um, yeah, so he definitely doesn't care about America or the American people. Now, um, there was a lot of outrage when he did a press conference with Putin and he had said um, that the U.S. intelligence agencies, all of them, said that Russia meddled in the election um, in 2016 and that Russia favored Donald Trump and worked with the Trump campaign. And, you know, that's why they donated and were hacking and all that stuff. Now, um, the investigations, even in Congress, determined that. And so Donald Trump stands up on the international stage and says, uh, my people, you know, U.S. agencies said that Putin did this, but I asked Putin and he told me that he didn't. So I don't have a reason why to believe that he would do it. So he's choosing to believe Putin over all the intelligence agencies in the U.S. and even Congress. So um, the next day, instead of being, because to me, in my mind, that was committing treason. The, instead of him being arrested when he landed um, at the Air Force Base, um, when he came home, um, he had a meeting with Congress that was unplanned and no leaders in Congress knew what the meeting was about. He had the meeting with them after meeting with his intelligence officials and came out and said, yeah, I believe that Russia meddled in the election once he's safely back in the U.S. He says this now. Um, the next like later that day or the next day, then he went back to saying he didn't believe that Russia did it. And by the end of the day, he said, no, he did believe that Russia did it. So. Um, Donald Trump lies a lot, and I really think that we are past the point of uh, where we need to be in Americans for outrage. We need to actually start taking constructive ways of fighting back against him lying. So in the media, it would be nice if they would just stop reporting on what he says and just says whenever he lies, just says his false claims about this or Donald Trump lied about this because we have proof of this. So the man will be on tape and on video camera saying things and then turn around and say, no, I didn't say that. You play it back. He's like, this fake news. So... Yeah, I agree. I think it. I mean, it's way past time to take the kid gloves off. I don't. Un, I understand not wanting to get as down and dirty as Trump or 
Republicans, but trying to fight fair when no one else is fighting fair is not getting us anywhere. I'm not saying we have to do dirty tricks and all of that kind of stuff, but we need to be more hard hitting with the information and stop trying to out nice everyone. You're not going to out nice bigots. That's not how that works. <laughs> so I really think it's time to, like you said, the media needs to stop being scary and report the actual news. Stop trying to spin things and be nice and respectful because he's the quote unquote president. If he is not respectful of the office, why are we trying to be respectful of him as the president? That does. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And so. Uh, media was saying, <laughs> "Sorry, yeah. he does not respect that office at all. To him, no. it's it's playtime." Right. Uh, the media, when it happened, when he said that at the press conference, uh, there was a reporter who tweeted, "Everyone here is shocked. Everyone on Twitter is like, we're not. We told you this in 2016, but you all in DC media in New York just think that like we what we're talking about as common people is just stupid." But um, a lot of people are confused over why DC media has a problem holding uh, Trump to account. And the problem is living in DC, you're kind of in a bubble. So even as a resident there living there, you can't escape politics even as a normal resident. It's a very political town, even if you live nowhere near where all the buildings are. So um, you really can't escape it in the area. Everyone there pretty much is politically involved. Um, If you meet someone who says, I don't follow politics in DC, they're probably a spy. But like everyone, that's the kind of town it is. So you have access and you always know somebody or someone who works with someone who can get you somewhere like on a White House tour or like in front of somebody if you really need to. So um, if you dig in your network deep enough, you can find somebody who can get you a connection somewhere. So with the media, they want access to the White House. They want access to the press room. They want access to the administration. So they are scared to hold him to account because they know their stuff is going to get revoked in the White House. They're not going to have access to the president anymore. Mm-hmm. So they want to fly on Air Force One. They want to be in a space that, you know, it's 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 some perks that come with the job of being a D.C. correspondent, especially with the White House press corps. But they need to hold them to account to do their job as Americans and stop, you know, just doing whatever they can to maintain their access and maintain their um, perceived um, influence. So that's the problem with DC media and they need to let that go just this once. And uh, when things are back to normal, maybe you can then go back to clout chasing. But right now you need to actually do your job and help save the Republic because y'all asses got him in the office with all the coverage about Hillary Clinton's email coverage. And I saw one of the journalists who covered that talking today about the problem wasn't her emails. The problem was how she handled the story about her emails. It's like, no, bitch, the problem was you. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was not that big of a deal. Her server is the only server that has met, that has not been hacked. Yeah. DNC got hacked. RNC got hacked. Her server has been the only one that's not been hacked. So, actually, she actually did right. And, and she actually did it on the advice of Colin Powell, who was the former Secretary of State. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wasn't there a story about the current administration doing the exact same thing? Yes, like, that when they first got the in their first week, yeah, they were using um, the RNC servers for their email and not the White House servers. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah. the hacks RNC that Russia is probably still accessing. This yeah. is why they're probably still using it. I really am surprised at the Republican Party thinking that they can just use this and use Russia to get. Why would you try to chase a country that's number 30 in world GDP, has been in a hard recession since 2014 and militarily is nowhere near where they claim they are? What What is that about? Because it they're number is, 30. Like what? It's prejudice over prosperity. They will be prejudiced and they will try to force their conservatism on everyone versus prospering as a more, I won't say a united, but a more united republic. Just my hashtag for it. Every time I look at that stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. Prejudice over prosperity. Got it. I, Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Russia has 45,000 nuclear um, weapons so we need to be nice to them because i'm like okay russia fine i get it but we're not I, that nice to india and they well, got a lot of nukes so also nice does not mean hey come meddle in our elections that's that's not what that means right <laughs> Nice means, hey, let's trade. <laughs> hey, let's trade. Or if you're an adversary, like, okay, we're going to watch each other. Yeah, we can do yeah. a couple things, but... Let's, let's do a peace summit because we don't get along. Right. That's nice. Nice is not, hey, come... Hey, come, come at on an election and, like, let me agree to a cyber cybersecurity effort with your country to guard against election hacking as you did the hacking. What is this bitch's problem? Trump is awful. Like, what? Yeah. Like I said, how was he allowed to still do this shit? So my problem is I want Congress. I really want y'all to get out and vote for every Democrat you have in every congressional district across the United States. Please, please. Senate and Congress, like Senate and representatives, please, even state and local, please. Yes. Um, Because uh, the courts are being flipped to people who are loyal to Trump, which is bad. But um, they... My problem is I just want laws changed so that the president has less power because over yeah. the decades, more pre- more power has been given to the president. So he's kind of like yeah. more powerful than he should be with what he's allowed to do. Now, Barack Obama went back to the Constitution and operated as president within yeah. the bounds of the Constitution, yeah. except for executive orders. But with yeah. and Trump, it, he's taking every loophole he can, everything they've given. It's like yeah. I, it wasn't meant to be abused this way. So I really yeah. want them to take back some power from the president so he can be equal with all the branches of government. Right. That's what I really want. Right. And stop letting everything slide just because it's Republican controlled Congress along with a Republican right. president. Like, stop like doing party have some decency country. and have some morals. Jesus. Right. How are you the moral party? The and you have not party. been moral since you probably Eisenhower. <laughs> and you don't have any morals. How does that work? Right. You ain't been moral since really Eisenhower. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And even he didn't like civil rights. So you kind of iffy on that moral stuff. So, <sighs> all right. But you wonder why y'all getting knocked out in the street, which I don't condone because I don't want to see. I don't condone violence either. But I'm just saying, y'all wonder why y'all getting knocked out and don't know why I want to serve you tacos. Because people fed up and don't mind wanting to serve you food because people lucky. fed up. You lucky you weren't wearing the tacos, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, what else do you have? This is my show, nigga. Let's move on. (laughs) The Christian topic this week is an article by some woman. She, I think a minister or something. She claimed that women 
were too independent for a husband these days. And that's why a lot, there's a lot of single women because husbands, you, you got to understand, husbands don't want to be bothered with um, all these independent women, uh, you know, doing their own thing. Um, she said uh, Christian women are, no, what she said, not Christian women. She said, um, she said, do you know how much more, her name is um, Lori Alexander. She's a minister. Um, do you know how much more attractive debt-free virgins without tattoos are to young men? Unfortunately, there are so few types of these young women anymore because of the high cost of college debt and, sex and sexual promiscuity, even within those in the church. There are many more reasons why Christian young women should carefully consider whether or not they go to college, especially if they want to be wives and mothers someday. Secular universities teach against the God of the Bible and his ways. That's not, okay. Um, it's far from what God calls women to be and do. It teaches them to be independent, loud, and, and modest instead of having meek and quiet spirits. So just all the stereotypes. Wait a minute. All the husband will need to take years of teaching his wife the correct way to act, think, and live since college taught them every possible way that is wrong. Sadly, most young Christian women wouldn't listen to their husbands since they've not been taught to live in submission to their husbands. <sighs> in this economy? <laughs> Literally and figuratively in this economy, sis. Are you sure? Do you know how expensive it is out here to live? What bubble are you living in? I understand. So she, okay, what she's saying to me does not sound foreign to me because um, having attended a school that was white and conservative Christian and gone to a church that, again, as I explained on another podcast, the morning service, like, the main church was pretty conservative, but like the, I went to the young adult service. So there was kind of like a church within a church. We never really interacted much with the other church. It's the same church, the other service. But like when they got rid of that one pastor and it kind of started merging theologies and stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is a problem. So um, that church has patriotic worship services or they used to, I don't know if they did anymore. Um, and the sermon was about the state of America for patriotic reasons. And I was just like, at the time, I'm like, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this. But now I'm like, mm -mm. so um, this kind of thinking doesn't surprise me because it's a lot of American Christian conservative thinking that women are basically there for uh, to run, run, run the home and um, get birth to children. That's the role of women. Again, in this economy? And they cite the Bible for that. They're like, well, Paul said a woman should um, have places in a home. And I said that Paul said that was his opinion, did not say that that was what God told him. He said that's his opinion. And the church he was writing to at the time had it, um, an issue where women were um, like something like edging out men. I got to get more clarity on that. But it was a problem within the church he was writing to. It wasn't really meant for everyone. It was to that church. So um, people just take, you know, what they want from the Bible and, you know, apply it however they want without looking at the stuff that pertains to them. But for all of what Lori is saying, I just debt-free virgins without tattoos. So my thing with that is, and I'm disclaimer, I don't identify as a christian but i did grow up in the christian church you know i'm black and live in texas so it's just what we do with that being said i would 
challenge what's her name, Lori? It doesn't matter. I would challenge her to say, or is it that these women are not docile enough, or are these men the same kind of men that wrote all of this stuff? And then there's so many other factors. You want a virgin with no tattoos and no debt. The average young man cannot support himself and a woman by himself. Wages just don't allow that. So are these Christian couples with the virgin wife and who knows what kind of husband? Because clearly there are no rules for the men. Are they supposed to be poor? Like, are they right. are they living? Are you encouraging everyone to live below the poverty line in order to check all these box? I'm just confused. There are a lot of questions, but I also have to say this: in that these men are trash. <laughs> so, Christianity aside. These men are not, they don't live up to true Christian men. So trying to put the burden on women makes absolutely no sense. Right. In my humble opinion, men are already trash enough. They don't need docile women having them think that being trash is acceptable. Right. Go upside these men's heads. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. And what she said about secular universities teaching us the God of the Bible and his ways. I went to a halfway secular university. It was Baptist affiliated, but not really at all like a Christian school. But um, that's not exactly true. Um, Even in the world religion class, it's still not exactly true. But uh, like she does not explain how they teach against the God of the Bible and his ways. Like what she gives no no explanation for that of what she did because she cherry picked um, what she wanted right she said it point. teaches them to be independent loud and immodest it's like instead of having meek and quiet spirits um meek and quiet church girls were often the biggest freaks so i don't know what she's mm. getting at that like too. and meek and but quiet again, as a woman. Like, like where are these fantasy women? Where are these fantasy where men? Where have they ever been? Thank where you. They, yeah, where have they ever been? But where are these fantasy men that deserve these type of women? Yes. <laughs> to be quite honest. What's your background, ma'am? Were you a virgin with no tattoos and no debt? <laughs> are you even married? Like, what are your qualifications here, Yanla? That's rude. Sorry, Yanla. Anyway. All I can say is I'm, it's hard out here for y'all Christians because y'all... <laughs> <laughs> y'all brothers y'all brothers and sisters be out here effing it up for all of y'all oh, lord honest. Just, but I, I like i said on another podcast i'm glad that christian um american christianity has been reported as dying for a few years now i support that to get the faith back to where yeah, it needs to be i listen to because i'm like i agree i'm 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 all for that if it means we're going to get back to the root where we need to be because america has really screwed up christianity so much yeah, thanks yeah. to the re- religious right and conservative they politics bastardized the hell yes. out of it yeah because what uh what changed my mind on um not my mind but my like what, what deepened my faith in christian and my christian belief in the lord and Jesus was um, when I went on a missions trip to Rwanda. I know that's so cliche, but um, I what struck me there was um, we were at a conference center, and um, 
uh, pastor had lost his cell phone on the way to the center, on the way that day for the conference. And he said, oh, I lost my cell phone. And, you know, us Americans were like, oh, what are you going to do? Do you have an insurance plan? Or, you know, he said, oh, it's fine. I'll just pray. God knows what I need. He'll give me another one. And he went on about his day, not worried. And I was like, okay. And then we built a roof on this woman's house. And she said, I have not eaten today, but the Lord will provide. I was hungry yesterday. And he provided me food. He'll provide it today. Confident that she would not go to bed hungry. And she didn't. So I'm just like, we would panic over that stuff in America as Christians, but they're simply giving everything they have to God to work out for them. I'm just like, oh, God is bigger than America. Cause like in America, as a Christian, you tend to think, yeah, God is, you know, the God of the world, but you tend to think he only lives in America, mm. basically. And you may not ever say that, but it's kind of how you act and what you actually believe deep down, even if you're not, even if you're not connected to it. But he uh, actually is over the world. And so <laughs> like, I was like, oh, God's over here too. Oh, okay. And like, that kind of opened my eyes to be like, okay, God is way bigger than the box I put him in. So mm -hmm. since then, I've been like, wow, we really don't know the Lord as deeply as we should in America. And it's because we have so many distractions and we have like shaped God to what we want him to be versus who he actually is. A false idol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, y'all stuff all wrong. Got a whole book and y'all still can't get it right. Right, you right. Oh, Lord, the ghetto. <laughs> ah! Gay news. Uh, the first topic for gay news is uh, Jason Mraz, the singer. He released an article where he came out as two-spirited. He said even when he was dating the woman who became his wife, he had sexual experiences with men. And he talked to his wife about it. And she said, you sound like you're two-spirited which is a Native American term. Um, and I don't really Native American? She, I don't believe she is. Um, and uh, I don't believe uh, he, is either. Know, he is either. And um, so they're using a term that's not really meant for them. But um, my overall thing is not even that, uh, which is bad enough in itself. My overall thing is um, you sound bi. Yeah, at least. And uh, you sound bi, but you married a woman. Like, that's what it sounds like to me. And I just... Which is so, nothing wrong with that, but... <laughs> nothing. No. Just, it's just... I just... So call here's my... Call a thing a thing. Call a thing a thing. But here's, here's my problem lately with people coming out as queer. And if the label fits, fine. But I think a lot of people are gay or bi or lesbian and coming out as queer, because I'm like, is that a catch-all or is it a safe word to make you more palatable to a wider audience? I don't understand what that is. But so, not that he didn't come, not that he came out as queer, but this whole two-spirit thing. Call a thing a thing, just be what you are. Yeah. It's not two-spirit, it's two sets of genitals that you like. <laughs> right. And that's fine. That's fine. And it's fine. It's just, you know, my thing with this is it's another example of white people not knowing what the hell they're talking about and just taking whatever turns they think sound good, compounded with another example of non-straight people not wanting, as you were saying, to stand up in their f full queerness when they have their awakening and they're trying right. to change the definition of words to fit their quote unquote differentness and sis you're not you're different but you're not different from us 
And right. And another thing that gets on my nerves lately is especially when notable ones come out, they write this whole big ass five page essay. And I'm just, just like, say, I've girl. Said <laughs> like, okay, big whoop. <laughs> like, I get it's really emotional, whatever. And I understand that. But my coming out story takes like three minutes tops to tell. If I that. Even have a really like a, a minute. I was in church. God pushed me to say I'm gay. I did. And boom, we done. Yeah. Like, that's it. And this whole thing, oh man, I had to, I had to drink the tears of seven <laughs> babies, and I had to sleep in a bed that was facing west, and I floated, and it was then that I knew that I had to tell my wife that I've sucked dick in the past. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're by. End of story. <laughs> Go on about your day. Right. What are you saying? What are you doing? Oh my gosh. And like the thing that also bugs me is that people reading it are like, oh, this story was so powerful for me. And it's like, it's from a straight person reading it. It's not even from an LGBTQ person reading it. It's like, this was so powerful. Thank you for sharing. It's like, but you're straight. Like, so who they wrote it for, I guess for themselves to maybe help another gay person. It's like, we're reading it like, okay, this is a lot. Not even this is stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's a lot. It's it's extreme, but it's also very stupid and right. disrespectful. Stop trying to take over people's terms. When right. They, in the history of anything outside of transgender, have we called anything on the sexual spectrum too spirited? Get out of here with the bull, you and your wife. Go to hell. <laughs> no, that's not nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's don't not, go to hell just go to go sit down at least go yeah. sit down yeah, yeah. have a just seat take your bisexual self and sit down yeah go sit on, you know what let me not do that <laughs> let me jason moraz we don't like you be quiet say less say less say less say type less, less. <laughs> right For my bum of the week and my boo of the week, this week's bum of the week is the American mainstream media for being late to the party that everyone else attended, which is the Trump is a Russian agent party. Um, we all knew it as far back as at least 2016, some people before, but like there was an article released like lately, like uh, going back to 1987, Donald Trump was probably compromising. He's likely a mid-management person in the Russian mob. That's what the article was saying. Mm -hmm. So um, I just want to say the American mainstream media is crap for being late to this. We have been telling them on Twitter, Facebook, social media, um, that they're not doing their full job. Um, and then they get on Twitter to say, I'm taking a break from Twitter because it becomes a hostile place. It's like, no, it's not hostile. It's someone's telling you that you're doing your job wrong and not reporting on the facts. Yeah. So. Trump has been a Russian agent for a while. We've said this since the election. Y'all chose to focus on Hillary and her emails because y'all are sexist and trying to talk, talk about, oh, we're trying to cover both sides fairly. You were very unfair to her. Um, you did not call out Donald Trump for any of his lies. You like, so you're late to the party and we're already pissed. Like, we're ready to go. And like, y'all are coming in like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, no, you're late. You're, you're a bum. Stop being trash. My boo of the week is Kathy Griffin. Um, Kathy Griffin uh, lost everything, everything. 
Um, she lost all of her connections, all of her deals, all of her endorsements, all of her jobs. Um, she's now fully independent and like burning every bread she can in her comedy show. I went to see her um, this week in Hollywood and she had a major theater booked for two nights in a row and it was sold out. Um, it was mad crowded in there and I loved it. Um, she get, did her show, it's called Laugh Your Head Off and she did it um, as a mock uh, mocking the photo that she took of um, Do uh, Donald Trump um, mask covered in ketchup like he was decapitated. And so people were saying that she's a member of ISIS and she actually got interviewed by the United States government, interrogated, and she was under a two month federal investigation for it, saying that she's a member of ISIS and trying to find out if that's true and if she harbored any resentment towards the president that she meant him harm. And um, it was a three hour show and uh, she kept you entertained for the full three hours, but it was less funny, funny, but more like, these are funny stories, but what she's doing is trying to re, you know, reestablish her place, but also um, get back to where she was, or at least try to get back in. But more of a stand of power to say, um, Trump, I'm not going to let you take me down. And I'm not going to let you do this to anyone else. So when Samantha B called Ivanka a feckless cunt, she, um, uh, Kathy went to her defense and um, told TBS, like, do not, do not fire Samantha B. Do not end her show. And Samantha kept her show. But um, they, like, she went through the whole Trump strategy of how they pick on little people or people that they can tack stuff to that people will pile on and, you know, make them lose everything. But um, I really feel that she's coming back strong. And over time, just give it time, she'll be back. Um, and I was really happy to see her show and see her strength. It was really inspirational for me. So thank you, Kathy Griffin, for everything you've gone through and how you're turning it into art and turning into a job opportunity. <laughs> um, she had to go abroad to start the show. But um, yeah, it, and as some of the stories she was telling about her interrogation were pretty scary. Um, she was on a no-fly list. And then now she's, I think she's on Interpol's no-fly list and like has to be checked wherever she goes. So um it was a really good show and I'm really happy I went and it was great to see her standing in her own uh, strength to fight back against um, what Trump is trying to do, which is fascism and trying to be authoritarian and like take away free, free speech if it's critical of him. Once again, this is Jamin with Keen Point of View, the best intersection of politics, gay issues, and Christianity ever. Thanks for joining me again this week. And thanks also for joining me, Curtis Trillificent from Gay Side Stories and Ratchet Ramblings. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. I enjoyed our conversation. Very, very informative. Oh, well, thank you. If you follow podcasts on Pippa or SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple, or iHeartRadio, you can follow Gay Side Stories um, and listen to Trillificent's podcast. And um, he's on a break right now, but there are tons of episodes where you can go through and listen. And he covers a wide range of topics uh, for gay issues um, that I always find interesting with uh, the things he comes, comes up with to talk about, um, even though he has not yet had me on as a guest, even though I repeatedly ask. So God bless him. Come with a topic. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Okay. I got you. All right. <laughs>
please, if you like this podcast, feel free to share it with everyone you know who will enjoy it and also subscribe to it. Thanks for those who have been subscribing so far. Feel free to contact me at Keen Point of View, K-E-E-N-E Point of View at gmail.com to email me questions related to politics, gay issues, or Christianity. Also on Twitter and Instagram, I can be found at K-E-E-N-E-P-O-V, Keen P-O-V. And the Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash Keen P-O-V, K-E-E-N-E. POV. The blog is also keenpointofview.com. Thanks for tuning in again. Music this week provided by at underscore ace dizzy flow on Twitter, Google free music archive and LA Mikey. Thanks for joining in again. And Trillificent is at T-R-I-L-L-I-F-I-C-E-N-T on Twitter. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for joining me again, Curtis. Thanks for having me. Take care. Goodbye.